slide, and sometimes I get to have fun with it, and sometimes it, it's a bit of a stretch. But I, I was trying to take the word go, and I took it in different languages, and I put it in the shape of a cross. And one thing that jumped out at me, did you know the Turkish word for go is get? <laughs> We've been speaking Turkish to our dog for months. <laughs> get. Get down. Get off. Get back. Get back here. We actually started our day by chasing the dogs around the neighborhood. Yeah. We did. We had a pretty rough morning. But I tell you what, what's, what's interesting about the dogs, and this is our own fault, they don't run away. They walk away. And they'll just walk. And we'll watch them, and they'll look back, and they'll just keep walking. And by the time we realize they're not coming back, we're coming after them, and they're, they're walking too far. And so the best way is just to get the car. You pull the car out, and we went out in three cars every direction. We went down to Frank's place. We went up this way and went down, um, I, could, what, I guess it was Shorty or whatever, across the way. And, and all you have to do is pull up next to them and open, and in they come. So Abby, was, Abby found three of the four. I had gotten one of them. And I pulled up behind her, and I knew she found them because the chihuahua was in the back window looking at me. I just, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was singing or sticking its tongue out. It didn't have any fingers or probably. You know. um, but anyway, that's how our morning started. But I, th- I thought that was interesting. I said, get, really? Okay, well, that's, that's the word. Go means go. Go means go. Last week's message was titled, Like a Christian. And we looked at the ways that a follower of Christ should talk and think and act and even fight. We talked about how Christians should fight because we know the conflict arises. Anytime you get two people together, not only is the Lord there, but there's probably going to be a conflict. So we talked a little bit about that as well. But as a part of this message, I shared the story of the demon-possessed man. And Jesus saved this man from his affliction. This was a man who the Bible describes as a man who had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in tombs for many years. So he lived underground in caves and, and stuff. And when Jesus restored him and turned to leave, the man begged Jesus to take him with him. Right? He said, let me go with you. I want to learn more. I want to thank you. And, and he was a right mind, and people were amazed. And he said, let me go with you. Please let me follow you. He followed Jesus right to the boat. So I'm going to just read from Mark 5, 18 through 20, what happens next. It says, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell all in Disopolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Go was Jesus' answer. Just go. Why would Jesus, who had come to teach and preach to all the world and, and to teach to anybody who would listen, really, why did he send this man away and not take him? I mean, he had, just a, he had a ripe picking of a man to be a new follower. Surely he had a motivated follower with a fantastic testimony, right? Here's this guy, look what the Lord has done, look what the Lord... I can't think of a better person to have on your entourage to go and get people excited about. Why not use the power of this message to reach others? That's exactly what Jesus did. His answer wasn't just go, it was go home. Go to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Jesus knew that the power of this man's life and story was better leveraged for the purpose of God's glory if he took this motivated follower with a fantastic story to share and sent him out to reach more and different people than the ones that Jesus would be surrounded by, right? Jesus had 
a group, and they'd go, and he'd talk to thousands. But he was multiplying himself when he did this, and he just said, go. And what happened next, Scripture tells us that all the people were amazed. Other translations of the Bible use words like marvel and wonder. Do you know what it means to marvel at something or to be filled with wonder? It's not just, wow, I just saw an amazing magic trick. That was a miracle, okay? It's a word that implies that the person is inspired with curiosity, and they want to know more. You marvel at something. You're filled with wonder. I want to know what the story is, why this happened, and how it did. That is why Jesus said go. And if you really think about what he was saying and trying to accomplish through the saving of this man, Jesus was telling him, if you want to come with me, you have to go. This wasn't the only time that Jesus made the statement. The best known of these is found in this week's scripture, remember, that Becky read. So I'm going to read it again from Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He's now the Lord of all. He's been crucified. He's been to heaven and he's, he's come back now. And he says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. He says, therefore, go, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and then the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was a relatively new idea to them. This is the helper that Jesus said at the Last Supper. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave soon, but I'm going to send a helper, the Holy Spirit. He's saying, baptize people in the name of my Father and in my name and the Holy Spirit. And he says, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The last part's important, and we're going to come back to it. You must remember that Jesus' disciples had left their jobs, possessions, their families, all of their lives, everything they had known in order to follow him. These men had marveled at what they had heard and filled with wonder at what they had seen. They'd, they'd seen miracles happen. They had seen things that they couldn't explain. They'd heard wonderful stories about this Father, God, that they didn't know other than what they'd been taught. Maybe as a child or through the law that there was a very strict, and, and he still is strict, you know? There's not a whole lot of room to move on those commandments he's given us. But it was very strict and very rigid, and it wasn't a very personal relationship. And they learned about this, and in just a few years of his ministry, he was tortured and killed for the things he was teaching. Not only were these men without their teacher and their friend, okay, so they lost the way they were going, but they were likely afraid for their own lives. Am I going to be next? People know that I was following this guy that they're calling a blasphemer, that they, that they flogged and hung to die. And perhaps they're wondering, what do we do now? And when Jesus came and answered this question, he simply said, go. If you want to be with me, you must go. This verse is often used to inspire Christians to do work in the mission field. That doesn't just mean become a missionary in a far-off land. It certainly includes that. But it could be as close as the couples who, who are house parents for the show-me-home and, and other ministries in here. You know, uh, in a lot of ways, Miss Willie at the coffee shop, that, that's her mission. A lot of people have these mission ministries that aren't in far-off lands speaking to, to people that don't know the gospel. That's certainly inclusive, but God doesn't just say you have to go. Certainly there are missionaries, but not in far-off lands. And other views of this commandment, per, and, and it's known as the Great Commission, but that the word itself doesn't appear in the Bible, but we call it the Great Commission. It was intended not only for Jesus' immediate disciples, but for all of God's people, even to this present day. I subscribe to this belief, and I'll tell you why. 
2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 tells us, and you'll remember this verse, all scripture is God-breathed, right? And it's useful for teaching and rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. And it goes on to say, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible certainly contains its share of historical reporting. Okay? There are historical and social things that are captured in it. But the bulk of it is commandments and examples and stories and ways to live. But since we know that God's word was written to be read and studied, if I may so say so, it's written to be marveled over, and we certainly are called to apply it, then we must know that Jesus' instructions to go was spoken and placed in written record for you too. Not just for those men who heard it, but for everybody to read and follow later. Now sometimes go literally means go. Go do this. Go to this place. Go talk to these people. Take the truth of God to places without gospel access. That is what we think of when we think of missionaries. Sometimes go means to help send others to be missionaries. Go and provide for these people. Go and support these people. That is important too. Sometimes go simply means to go across the room and introduce yourself to someone and be prepared, as scripture says, to give an answer to someone for the reason, for the hope you have. Okay? Go. I love this because being a missionary may not be my calling, and some may be terrified by the thought of standing up even in front of a small crowd and sharing a testimony. But I can have a casual conversation with about anybody. And I would say most people in here can too. So the trick to obedience in this case is to simply recognize and take advantage of the opportunity to answer a question. Answer a question. Where do you go to church? Why do you go to church? What do you think about this? What do you think about some of the horrible things going on in the world? And for the last several weeks, we've talked about the Christian responses, the Christian view to the pandemics, to the rioting, and all this stuff. What do we do when we're in crisis? Where is God during all of this? How does a Christian respond to this? We've talked about this. And don't forget, you can go back and hear these messages. But go might simply mean have a conversation with someone, but be prepared to have that answer ready for them. Or 2 Timothy 4.2 instructs, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Go. We know that it may not literally mean go somewhere. So what else might Jesus mean when he tells you to go? One pastor suggests the word used in the Bible actually means as you go. As you go. He writes, the true meaning of the Great Commission wasn't for each one of us to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, but to make disciples as you go about your life. Now that's something we can do. A disciple is a follower or adherent to a teacher. It's not the same as being a student in the modern sense. A disciple in the ancient biblical world actively in, in, imitated both the life and teaching of the master. You know, It was a deliberate apprenticeship. Think about it that way. This is the master. You're the apprentice. I'm going to watch what he does. I'm going to mimic what he does. And I'm going to learn and get skilled at what he does. And, and what this does is it makes a disciple a living copy of the master. Again, Jesus duplicating himself in the world. So how are we to go? We may know Jesus, but we don't know Jesus because he hasn't been around for thousands of years. How are we to go and make apprentices and living copies of Jesus Christ? Well, first, we must know him ourselves. So I ask, do you know God? Do you know Jesus? 
Do you have that relationship with him? If you don't, let's talk. That is one of the core purposes of this church. It's not just the, the community, the body of Christ, but it's to encourage each other, to teach each other. So if you're saying, I don't, I don't know that I understand the relationship I'm supposed to have with him, let's talk. To go and make disciples or to make disciples as you go, you, you must know him and you, and you know his teachings. And I assure you that these are two separate things. Likely you can think of a person that knows God's word but struggles with the application part, right? I know I shouldn't lie, cheat, steal, whatever it may be, but I'm not quite there. So do as I say, not as I do. Likely you can think of a person that knows God's word but, but, and, and they can even apply the teachings but don't really have a personal relationship with him. You know, so many churches teach knowledge, 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 and not so much on relationship. Okay? You've got an amazing friend. You want someone that you can talk to about anything, that you can yell at, scream at, but will still love you, that isn't your dog? Okay? You laugh, but it's true. Am I right? <laughs> My friends, I promise you that those people that know that don't apply or know and apply but don't have the relationship, they're missing the message. God sent his son so that we could know God, understand God, and not the least of these, to have a personal relationship with God. The story of salvation through the cross is a story of making that relationship possible. Go also means putting your faith in action. James 1, 22 to 25. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently in the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Put it in action. If God has put something on your heart, do it. Go means go. Go means do. But sometimes go means wait. We don't like that. Well, we might if it's something we don't want to do. But if it's something we're really excited about, sometimes God says wait. The psalmist writes in Psalm 27, 14, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. He knows. It takes a certain amount of strength to be patient and wait. From 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand. There is the little disclaimer. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Now, God is the God of infinity. So, you know, Scripture says what may seem like a year to us is a day to him or less. So, he's got all the time in the world to make things perfect for what he has planned for you. And I promise you, he has good things planned. So, be patient. Take courage. Take faith as you wait for whatever it is you think may be coming, because there's a pretty good chance it's probably better than that. And if we go all the way back to the second book of the Bible, God makes a promise that he keeps today. This is from Exodus. He says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Sometimes you need to let him do the work. You get out of his way. Whichever go God has intended for you, I want to assure you of something. He promises to go with you. As the psalmist again writes, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God will go with you when you go, whatever that go looks like. And even from today's verse to remember, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That was your reminder today. 
was God is always with us. God is always with us. I want to give you my warning. Would you click that? If you go and you don't handle it right, you're going to end up like this guy. He's got his Let's Talk About Jesus shirt. I actually have a shirt a lot like that. And the guy's looking at him the bus stop. He says, it guarantees me an entire seat all to myself. People don't always want to be talked to about God, do they? Especially if they think you're one of those guys. I actually have a shirt that says, let's taco about Jesus. And then it says, let us pray. I'm not allowed to wear it except to mow in, but I still like it. Um, you can go ahead and flip that. But it's a little off-putting. But what's wonderful about personal relationships and approaching somebody with confidence is you don't seem like the, goal, the guy that's going to go in there and hit them with a the book. You're just going to be the guy that goes there and introduces them to it. So friends, this great commission is more than an instruction. It is so much more than a lifestyle change. It's an invitation by God to join him in his mission to redeem a people from every single tribe and language and perhaps the people of the nation. That's what it says. Everybody, everybody, all inclusive. Jesus said, if you want to come with him, you must go for him. So let's pray. Father God, you, sometimes we are just puzzled and at a loss for what we need to do next. But your instructions are very clear and they say go. If you want to come with me, you need to go. If you want to be with me, you need to go. So God, we ask as we take moments to pray and ask you what go means. Do I need to go somewhere? Do I need to, to do something? What can I do? This is our risky prayer, Lord, because when we put these risky prayers out like this, we run the risk of you telling us to do something that we would not necessarily be comfortable doing. But that's how you work. And you're going to stretch our faith, and you better yet, you're going to stretch your kingdom. Lord, first and foremost, let us know you. Let us have that relationship with you. And as opportunities present themselves to go about our lives, about this world, that we may create disciples through our example and through our words. God, that people may see the way we respond to adversity, the way we respond to, to joys and abundance. And they're filled with wonder and they want to know more. God, this is an incredibly welcoming church. Help us to be an inviting one. Help us to take the courage and strength to go and make a difference in the world. Lord, I'll lift up this service to you. And again, I, I thank you for this church and this congregation. All who hear the message here today or online, I ask blessings over everybody that we may be changed. And as we leave this place, that we may go into the world and follow your commandments and obediently grow your kingdom. Lord, I lift up this congregation and this service to you. May all we do please you. Amen.